1: Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls, like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls. If you want to advertise with us or questions you want us to answer on the show, make sure you email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. I'm Sean Hyken. With me, as always, Cody Westerland. Three man pod. We got my man Mason Ginsberg from Bourbon Street Shots covers the Pelicans in the building. What's up? Um, not much. Uh, it
2: was fun watching their first preseason win of the season uh, for for New Orleans, but uh, uh, disappointed not having a Bulls staple Rajon Rondo on the floor.
0: One hundred and eight to ninety five was the uh, the decision tonight. I guess you could <laughs> say, yeah. as if it was a boxing match or something. Um, <laughs> As Mason pointed out, Pelicans got their first win, avenged a, I think, four-point win for the Bulls in New Orleans earlier in the week. And this was the Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins show. They combined for 59 points, 37 of them from Anthony Davis, 22 of those came at the free throw line where he's 22 of 23. I feel like this might have been a Bulls game that we're going to see on repeat again and again and again this season because the Bulls played hard. There were moments, long stretches of the game, where they were competitive, down 6-8 points mm-hmm. here and there. Uh, the offense wasn't good in the first quarter, much better in the second. and third quarter, you felt like the flow was there. And then just the other team's talent probably shines through. And I feel like this is just how Bulls games are going to go. They can't control guys like Boogie Cousins Anthony Davis. They're just
1: overmatched defensively in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, th- like this, this is one of those games, like, like you said, you know, they play hard. You know, poor Lowry Markin, and he made his uh, NBA debut. Uh, you're, you know, you're gonna, we're going to talk about that in a second, but his first assignment? Oh, you're going to have to guard DeMarcus Cousins. Hey, welcome to the NBA, kid. Like, <laughs> that's just not going to go well for
0: him. Yeah, Lowry played a fair amount of center, um, more than actually I kind of expected. He only played 15 minutes and 29 seconds because he's on a roughly 15-minute time limit because of the back spasms he's been dealing with that kept him out for the first three preseason games. And, well, Boogie has 43 pounds on him, according to uh, the stat sheets, according to the the rosters. I think those might be out of date. Might be like 60 pounds on him. Um, And he definitely has a lot more force uh, than Lowry could uh, be reckoned with there. But uh, I I thought Lowry was okay. He was 1 of 9. He was was really bad shooting. Um, 0 of 6 from 3-point
1: range. But he looked like he knew what he was doing out there. I guess you should say. I like the way he was playing. He was just not afraid to shoot. You know, he's a rookie. He's coming in. You know, he did, you know, you, you, you think maybe he's going to be a little bit gun shy. No, he was just firing the shots up. He got to the basket a couple of times. He only ended up making one shot, but you know, he had a couple of good takes. Yeah, his the lone basket.
0: basket was like a layup or kind of a slash or cut to the rim mm-hmm. in semi-transition as a trailer uh, beat Boogie down the floor for it. He did airball a three-pointer, but like when the ball rotated to him on the wing. Like you said, he wasn't shy. After the game, he pointed out um, that I'm not lacking confidence. People, we asked him, uh, you know, you're not shy about shooting the ball. And he says, I'm not lacking confidence, which I thought was his best line. He's a pretty uh, soft-spoken kid. Um, Probably not going to go out of his way for long answers or anything like that. But this is a guy that, um, I think he knows why he's in Chicago. Like the Bulls drafted him here to be a gunner, you know what I mean, at the four spot. Um, And obviously they want him to play some 5-2. That was part of the the plan tonight, the preseason over. I don't know how much they can get away with playing him at center in the regular season because, like, guys like Boogie, that's just going to be a disastrous mismatch for him, you know. Um, On that end, like, Mason, what did you think of his debut? What do you think of him going up against, I mean, a Pelicans team that has two stars, and I don't know that anyone on the Bulls is under the auspices of that's what he'll be someday, but they want him to elevate his game to a level like that would you think tonight?
2: Yeah I mean the one thing you have to remember here is usually in your first preseason game you may get you know 15 minutes against a starting lineup and then 50 minutes against guys who are not going to make the team the Pelicans played this like a regular season game you know Davis had 34 minutes Cousins had 36 like that's that's tough and uh, you know all that being said the fact that he's got to come in there and, and shoot his shot and just be very confident and you know not, not back down from such imposing competition was a uh, I think a good sign.
0: What did you think of the way the Bulls offense flowed, Sean, um, in that sense? Like, the execution did feel there because they shot 11 of 41, I think, on three-pointers. Right, three They're not 11 of
1: 41. It's not, it wasn't anything close to the three-point barrage that we saw the other night against Milwaukee. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, again, the ball was moving. Guys were making plays. You know, they were mixing it up. You were having, like, you know, with, with, you know, with Chris Dunn out, there was kind of a hole at the point guard behind Jaron Grant. And I like the way they were kind of, you know, sometimes Justin Holiday brings the ball up, sometimes Denzel Valentine brings the ball up. Like, they were able to just kind of have, you know, this is something that Hoiberg has talked about the last couple of days with different guys being able to initiate the offense, and I think that's something we saw a little bit of tonight.
0: Yeah, and we asked Fred pregame how much of this offensive system and uh, that he has in so far at this point with uh, a couple weeks into training camp and four out of six preseason games now under their belt. And Fred kind of pointed out that, he has like two main tenants of his offense now, two main sets, and there are hundreds of deviations and um, actions off of how the defense is playing it, who beats their man and such. But so far it's like the Bulls really are doing two or three things offensively. They're running dribble handoffs that maybe start on the wing a lot of the times, and then are ball reversaling um, throughout the perimeter until someone gets a, gets a step on their guy and goes in and then they just like flank out to the corners to three point territory and stuff and spread the floor and are trying to make an emphasis on getting to the corners for three pointers or they're just running a pick and roll action in which they're also swinging the ball as much as they can and sometimes they swing the ball into a pick and roll action as well so like so far from what we've seen from the Bulls it's it's really not rocket science you know what i mean it feels like these guys like the offense and it's a little bit more egalitarian of the system again i mean they had what Three guys, four guys with around 13 to 15 points on this guy, Denzel Valentine. On this night, Denzel Valentine had the most with 15. Um, but the Bulls, again, it just it had the feel
1: of, as we move forward, this is what we're going to see again and again and again. Well, that's just a function of the team being all young guys who haven't proven themselves. There's nobody on this team who you know has the stature of a Jimmy Butler or a Dwayne Wade where he can say, I have to get the most shots, I have to get the most touches. You go up and down this roster, like there's nobody that you can say like is going to have to be able to assert himself as like this is the go-to guy. Like It's going to have to be kind of by committee, and you know that's one of the reasons why the Bulls aren't going to win a lot of games is because they don't have somebody who's good enough to be able to command that. But I think it is going to get guys in the mindset of, okay, maybe I'm not going to get a ton of touches this night, but that's okay because I'm going to get them the next night. Mason, how's
0: anyone supposed to guard Anthony Davis? Because the Bulls... <laughs> the Bulls... T- they're not cut out for it. They traded Jimmy Butler. They traded their best defender. Uh, Taj Gibson's long gone as well. Like I don't know how anyone's supposed to guard
2: him. Yeah, um, I, I mean, as, I'm not sure how anyone guards him in practice or <laughs> any of the games we've seen so far. He's been uh, he's been pretty imposing. Him and him and Cousins. I mean, what they did last year, I, I think, was just let let AD eat. Like I think they kind of realized with uh, the situation with Drew last year that. You know, there's going to be uphill battle and they kind of realized playoffs may not be in the cards and of course the boogie trade made things a little different at the deadline, but they just fed him and now they're kind of branching out and they're kind of, they're letting him do more, more, uh, whether it's not just shooting, he's he's moving the ball around, um, but. It's it's fun to watch those two guys. You can see every game, Cousins and AD, they're, they're learning how to play together more and more, and that's going to be, I mean, as we see with injuries with these fringe guys like Solomon Hill and uh, Rondo, like this team's just going to go as far as those two guys go.
1: Well, one thing that a lot of guys talked about, you know, in the locker room after the game was that now, like, you know, they did the, they did the trade last February, and, you know, the Pelicans were actually pretty good after the trade when those two both played. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, they've had a whole offseason, and they have a whole training camp to get DeMarcus acclimated and get him, you know, put into the system as opposed to, you know, you're in the middle of a playoff race and then you do this trade and you have to work a guy in who de- commands as much attention in the playbook as DeMarcus Cousins in the middle of the season when everybody is already kind of used to their roles and you're already kind of in the middle of this playoff But Now, like, they kind of get a fresh start to get him worked in and, you know, figure out how they're going to use him and how they're going to use him and Anthony Davis together. And, you know, I think that's going to make them pretty dangerous this season if everybody can stay healthy.
2: Right, and that's always been the key. I mean that they've been looking good and I think they had a real plan of attack and now I mean I'm not going to sit here and you guys saw him play last year I'm not going to say Rondo's guy's going to make or break your season but the way <laughs> well he did in the playoffs for the Bulls. <laughs> fair enough but the way that they kind of planned this out was to, for Drew Holiday to be their secondary ball handler and for them to be able to really dish it around and and create some serious movement and cutting action and uh, with this Rondo injury, it, does it go back to how it is, how it was before with Drew Holiday being the main guy? Do they fill, find someone who fill that role for Rondo while he's out? Um, it's a, it's a question. It's another one of those just you shake your head because you go into the, to the training camp in the preseason with this mentality. This is how the offense is going to flow, and now you have to make a change. And so, I mean, as we saw tonight, I mean, Cousins and AD can can handle themselves in most situations. But not that the, the Bulls are going to be one of the better teams in the league, but. Uh, it was still nice to see, we'll uh, have to see if the Pelicans are going to change their, uh, you
1: know, how the how rotations change without without Rondo. Yeah. So just a note on the Rondo thing, by the way, uh, he has a sports hernia, apparently, and he's going to see a specialist tomorrow in Philadelphia, and, you know, we're going to find out more about his timeline then, but guys in the locker room for the Pelicans after the game, that was the locker room I went into, uh, seemed like they thought that he's going to be out four to six weeks, which is kind yeah. of a long time. Who's saying four to six weeks? That's what, you know, Drew said that. Like, just obviously not as an official thing, but he's like, yeah, you know, four to six weeks, he'll, you know, he'll be back in the rotation. Like, it, soo- it sounds like he might be out a while.
2: Yeah, like Scott, uh, Scott Kushner from The Advocate reported that's that's what, okay. he's, that's what he's hearing. New Orleans Advocate, sorry. And, mm. um, and so, I mean, we'll see. They're going to know for sure tomorrow. Um, but I think the Pelicans are operating as, as such that as he's going to miss about the first month of the season. Well,
0: did you think, and I mean, this is still holds water too because um, he will be back this season, obviously. But is this experiment going to work? Because you look at it from the Bulls' perspective of last year with Rondo, and you say, no, the experiment didn't work yep. whatsoever because the offense was just so clogged up, so such so, so dysfunctional on a night-to-night basis with so much isolation ball from Jimmy and D-Wade, and then Rondo want to play, wanting to play in a different style, not enough shooters on the perimeter for the Bulls last year for Fred Hoiberg's system. Uh, and you look back on it, you're like, his influence on the young guys was great. So in that sense, it was really good to establish an attitude of what it takes to work every day and be a professional. I think Rondo did an excellent job, but on the floor it didn't work. Pelicans in a little bit different of a situation, wanting to make the playoffs right now. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, is it going to work? Um,
2: I, so I think I think it will. Um, I'm, it's they're definitely better fits without a doubt, um, but they. They wanted two ball handlers to really to help. They wanted someone to take some of the pressure off of Drew Holiday and let him be more of an off-ball guy who can uh, who can shoot it and, and move around without the ball a little bit. And so, uh, for example, first game of the preseason, Pelicans took five mid-range shots outside of the paint. And okay. so that that's kind of what they're looking to do and, and trying to get open threes with those with those big two guys in the middle, and then uh, you know getting getting into the paint uh, for their guards. So. Uh, I think they can make it work. Uh, like I said, Rondo's not going to help you space the floor, but, um, but I I think what, what they need and kind of what I was looking at the Bulls do a little today and got a little jealous was 41 threes. Like that's, you're not going to take 41 threes with Cousins and Davis in the middle, but you need guys who are willing to put the ball up
1: and, uh, to try to give them a little bit of space. Well, it kind of helps that Cousins and Davis are both guys, neither of them are great three point shooters, but they're both, you know, they have that in their game. They're both willing to go out there, take those shots and they, make at least enough of them that the defense has to respect them. So guys that are so dominant inside like that that can step out and do that, that's gonna give them a lot of options. As far as the Bulls, yeah, they're gonna have no shortage of cause I mean if you if you look if you look at tonight, Nico Mirage five three point attempts. Justin Holiday, nine three point attempts, four for Jaron Grant, four for Bobby Portis, seven for Denzel Valentine, six for Lowry Markin in, in his first ever <laughs> like they've got and then, you know, Zach Levine, once he comes back from the torn ACL, he's upped his three-point shooting a lot in the last couple of years in minnesota they've got no shortage of guys who are going to put those shots up whether they go in on a night-to-night basis that's going to probably be a lot of variance and that's going to contribute to them not winning a lot of games but they got guys who are going to be shooting and they're going to probably be in the 40s or somewhere around there most nights or a lot of
0: nights like we've said before it seems like everyone on the bulls pretty much has a green light and along those lines hiking we got to talk about one of your boys which of my boys Bobby Portis, I don't think he's making any inroads right now toward more <laughs> playing time. He had ten points and six rebounds. Whatever you look at the box score, that's fine in twenty-one minutes. But he was four of eleven from the field, and it just—they seem like empty minutes to me when I'm watching them. Uh, I, someone on the Bulls has to get rebounds. He got six of them. That's good. But again, someone has to get some rebounds. Um, I just don't think offensively, it doesn't feel like he's in. The flow, it it feels like the Bulls are executing the process of Fred Hoiberg's offense when Nico Miritich is out there, mm-hmm. um, because Nico, wherever he is at, the decisions Nico is making, and look, Nico hasn't had the greatest preseason either here, um, but that's what it feels like to me when I'm looking at this, and this is a big opportunity for Bobby Portis this season, and so far, I just I don't feel like he's a different player yet.
1: Well, the, well, the Bobby Portis decision tree is literally just you know he gets the ball he's going to put the shot up like or maybe he makes one pass but he's gonna he gets the ball he's gonna put the shot up like that's you know you look at you know with, with Nico like he's you know he's able to like get the ball and then you know pump fake he, well Nico has a lot of pump fakes well, on his a lot decision of, tree well right a lot a lot of pump fakes but also like you know he'll make the pass and seems like a pretty sharp player like he'll make the pass Bobby like he's a guy he gets the ball he's going to shoot it like that's just what's going to happen and you know with what Hoyberg wants to do when it comes to like everybody moving the ball around, you know, Bobby gets the ball, he's going to shoot it. Like, that's not that's not really, that doesn't really fit in with it. N- Nico's, Nico's decision tree is just always ripe with pump fakes. you know. Absolutely. I mean? like,
0: always great harvests of pump fakes <laughs> from that tree. Um, but the Bobby thing, I mean, you just made his decision tree, like, it's almost like a flow chart. Should I shoot? Yes. And then you point toward no, and it says, ask yourself again, should I shoot? <laughs> and he just goes, he just does that until he lands on yes again. And... Look, again, 4-11, this is one game. He just he hasn't stood out in the preseason um, much to me. And Fred hinted after the game. He was asked, is the starting lineup you used in this game? And just to be clear on that, it was Jaron Grant, Justin Holiday, Robin Lopez, Nikola Mirotic, and Paul Zipser. Uh, he was asked if those five are probably going to be his starting five on opening night on, I believe, October 19th at yeah, Toronto. in Toronto. Yeah. And he said... Yeah, basically it's seeming that way. He didn't confirm it, but he said, yeah, it's, it's trending that direction. So the, that's the five. Like, Nico's probably going to win that starting spot. And then I just, once I see Nico win that starting spot, and you know how bad the Bulls are going to be this year in rebuilding, it just feels like it's a matter of time before Lowry Markkinen is the backup power forward playing 24 minutes a game
1: in some regard to me. And that, that pushes Bobby out. I just, I'm, I'm looking long term here projecting. Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't. You know, I'll give this to Nico. He actually is earning the starting spot this time. You know, Fred's first year here, he, uh he get, uh you know, he is given the starting spot over Noah when he maybe shouldn't have. And then last year they wanted to give it to him, but he was so outplayed by Taj. This year he actually has been their best option at power forward, so he's actually earning that spot. So yeah, I think you know, Bobby Portis, like he's kind of in this weird spot right now, where like Nico has been playing the best out of those guys, and Markinen is a guy who fits we think, you know, ideally on paper better in Hoyberg's offense. And you know, he's also you know because of you know he's a high lottery pick and they got him in the Butler trade. Like they're going to want to play him some I mean, minutes. Bobby might be the odd man out here. Anything else stick out in
0: this game to you guys? I mean, the flow of it, any big picture stuff, anything moving forward that caught your eye, changes your outlook in any way here with the
1: the Bulls and the Pelicans? Well, from the Bulls' perspective, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, Hoiberg said yesterday at practice that Ryan Archidiakno <laughs> was going to get a lot of looks at yeah. backup yeah. point guard while, while Chris Dunn is out. And by the way, just so you guys know, Chris Dunn uh, is still scheduled to see a hand specialist tomorrow, and so then we'll have maybe more of a timeline for Later his return. But, but getting back to the backup point guard situation while he's out, you know, Archidiakno did play, but, you know, Denzel Valentine got the first look as the backup point guard this yeah, time. So well, you know it's gonna that's gonna kinda be how it goes. I don't well know. I, I
0: like I wanna be clear here, I wanna point this out. That Ryan Archie Diacono's job, and I, I do wanna point out on Press Row that Joe Cali, um, sometimes beat writer, was just calling him Ryan the whole night, Ryan, because he's he's not going to basically waste the time of Having to worry about Archie Diak and he's only, going to be sent to the D League. There's only so many players there's you only care about there's when only four, you're a veteran beat writer. He also only has 45 days that he's allowed to be he, on the like, big time NBA roster. I was, I was roster. just laughing the whole time because Callie's calling him Ryan. Ryan. Ryan's getting man. He's, he missed that open guy. Oh, Ryan just shot a three. Like, the have whole we had Callie on the podcast yet? I feel like we need to do that. That's true. We do absolutely <laughs> need to. Uh, but but Ryan's job was to like dribble the ball up the court while getting hounded by Etwan Moore or. Another Pelican. Bulls legend, Etuan Moore, by the Probably say. further down on their roster there, who's just trying to prove himself. Uh, his job was to dribble the ball up the floor and then give it to someone else to initiate the offense. So I'm not sure about the specifics here of Bulls backup point guard because we should actually right now probably tag it Bulls backup guy in charge of dribbling to half-court, and then Bulls backup in charge of initiating the offense. It's two <laughs> different things right Dave, now.
1: David Nawaba has been dribbling the ball up all, around half-court. like He's been kind of initiating the offense, even though Fred Hoyberg was very quick to point out the other day of practice, that he's not a point guard.
0: Yeah, David Nawaba also, he has absolutely mad hops. Absolutely yeah. mad hops. And he went up for an offensive rebound in this game. Caught it midair, and I, I swear I've never seen anyone fake a pass twice in midair in which they're getting an offensive rebound. It's one thing to have the ball already and be dribbling and jump and maybe fake a couple passes and something like that. But like, he caught it, faked left, right, didn't throw it, and then just came down, and it was really awkward, and he just landed, and I'm thinking in my head, and others are thinking, like, did he already travel? And it's like, no, he just caught it and threw the ball like back and forth, but actually didn't. Um, so that's a guy that can jump out of the gym. Uh, a guy that could earn some backup point guard minutes. I, I think actually it's pretty think clear he's going to stick. Yeah, I think so too. Because what the Bulls have thirteen guaranteed contracts. He'd be in line for the fourteenth roster spot. And then, despite um, their claims otherwise, they'll probably cut a fifteenth man and save a few dollars. Or yeah. what do you think here? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Even though
1: you got to get to the salary floor. I um, think, and I think we know that the odd man out there is going to be: Cameron Payne, mm, Diamond Stone. Cameron Payne's a guaranteed contract.
0: Yeah, but they can still cut him. They're not cutting Cameron Payne. <laughs> I, I can't believe Mason missed the Cameron Payne experience tonight. Um, was he was he? You see him? You we, see, I oh, see I him. saw. He was oh, rolling. He was rolling out. He had the he had the scooter. Yeah, he's the jokes write themselves so sometime. Um, all right, Mason. We're gonna put you um in the spotlight here. The Pelicans making the playoffs this year. Yes. Yes, we look at a 7 seed here, 7 8th seed. So,
1: who are your 8 teams in the in the West? So, it's uh, Golden- obviously like beyond, you know, yeah. the, the top, top four the top is, well the top well the top 5 is, you know, Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, Oklahoma City, I think Minnesota's in. So, I I do think Minnesota's I think definitely Kobe's in. Too. I'm I don't. not okay. I'm not putting
2: Minnesota in the guaranteed 5 seed yet. I I think they're the, definitely the most likely team for it, but I've got
0: the How about guaranteed 3 seed? Let's go all in on Tibbs again. Lock them into the free seat. <laughs> that's what we
1: should do.
2: Um, but I think uh, the last three are the Nuggets,
0: Clippers, and uh, and Pelicans.
2: Okay. Uh, oh, so, and, so you have them ahead of. Or.
1: So you have them ahead of Portland.
2: Yes, oh. have them ahead of Ooh. Portland. Have them ahead of Utah.
1: I think they're better mm. in both those teams too. You don't I don't think? You think? Uh, what's uh, one, so good about the Trailblazers right now? I well, I mean, because they're going to get a full year of Nurkic, and then if, Ooh, Dame has, if Dame and CJ, you know, both stay healthy, which there's no reason they're not going to, you know, I think that team is going to be pretty good. Uh, I I'm kind of out on the Clippers. I don't think the I, I, they I, have the world's greatest passer. They do have the Twitter and Locked On <laughs> Bulls
0: listeners who got mad at me when I doubted that Milos they, Teodosic was the world's greatest passer. They do, yeah. But uh, here's the thing:
1: like Blake Griffin, huge injury risk. Danilo Gallinari, so that's, huge that's injury point, risk. Injury I mean, risk. I realize this is a huge thing with the Pelicans too. Yeah. But like I, I, think the Pelicans and the Clippers are both teams where like if they're if they're healthy, I think they have enough talent to clearly be in the playoffs. But so those are yep, both teams fair. where I don't, I have so many questions about them being able to stay healthy. And then with New Orleans, you already are seeing Solomon Hill is going to be out for a while. Rondo is, we think is going to be out for a while. And when Solomon Hill is like a big deal that he's injured, like that's not great. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean they they just replace him effectively with Tony Allen, who doesn't I, I think. Tony has Allen a lot like 35, of
1: thirty-five, though. Like.
2: Uh, he does a lot of what Solomon Hill is going to do uh, between him and, uh, you know, and they got Dante Cunningham back, and so that that fills a lot. The problem is like the trickle-down effect, of the depth. But I mean, th- those two guys will
1: fill a lot of what Solomon Hill is going to do for New Orleans. I day. I think it's Denver, Portland, Utah for those last three spots in some order. But like any of those five or six, actually, even Memphis could sneak in there. Yeah, I mean,
2: I just, I, I mean, I, I obviously like their big two, and, and Parsons is a big X factor for them this year. Oh, well, I, anything, I, I, I forgot I just... Chandler Parsons was even a
1: thing. <laughs> like, I'm not even, like, I'm not even counting Chandler Parsons. Yeah, I just Parsons.
2: don't see He's, it like, out a other, outside. They, they just need so much. They, they don't have anything apart from uh,
1: Gasol and Conley, really. It's I would like, I would put them behind those. But, I, I mean, I think, you know, I think, I think New Orleans would be in the mix. If they, if they can stay healthy, if guys can stay healthy, yep. if AD and Boogie can stay healthy for a whole year, Andrew Holiday, like, I think, yeah, I think they could get in there. But that... God, the West is going to be such a bloodbath, though. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Giraldi. Uh, I feel like it's a bad rap with his health. He had been a bunch of problems before, but he's been he had for his two family years. situation yeah, last he's been year. That's for why he missed years. a lot of time.
1: I want to let
0: you know, there's a sequence in the third quarter. I think when the Bulls had their most beautiful possession of the night, swinging the ball around the perimeter like three times, and uh, Denzel Valentine hitting a three pointer in the quarter. That I thought to myself, the United Center crowd just got really loud in a preseason game. It was like the second. Loudest of the night, right after the Dunkin' Donuts contest, of course, uh, as always. But I was like, By the way, Dashing Donut won the Dunkin' Donuts. This place race would tonight. be really fun if the Bulls were really good and in the playoffs, getting like truly good. And then for a second, my mind watered and I thought, if the Bulls shoot 50% on three pointers the whole year and shoot 40 of them a game in the Bad East, could they make a run? No. No.
1: No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You're no. Just, So that you So that was, so, you, that 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 was as
0: far as the Bulls playoff.
1: Talk, you got, started so. to have the thought, and you're just like, wait, no, what am I doing? No, no, no even if they shot 50%,
0: probably not um, is the way it goes. But like I said, that is is—it's uh, probably a lot of the Bulls basketball that we will see um, for games and games, months and months to come here uh, as this year moves on. As always, you can follow Sean on Twitter at Hiken myself, at Cody Westerlin Mason. What's
1: your Twitter handle? Just my name, Mason Ginsburg. There you go. Read Mason at Bourbon Street Shots, a blog covering Pelicans. Does great work over there. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well with Locked On Bulls by its name. Email us at Locked On Bulls at gmail.com. With any questions, advertising, inquiries, always welcome. And most of all, subscribe to
1: the podcast. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play. Wherever else you can find podcasts, go on iTunes. Make sure you leave us only a five star review. Don't leave us a four star review or any other kind of review. Five star reviews only, and tell your friends about it. Uh, tell your friends about Locked On Bulls. Tell your friends about the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, are we gonna? They, they play in. They play in Cleveland on Tuesday. We're gonna have a podcast after that game, probably. We'll see. To be yeah. yeah. There's Cub stuff going sure. on. Sure. We gotta keep. A There's a lot.
0: Work life fun. Um. But yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll have uh, something for you. We'll soon. have one
1: soon. Thanks for listening, guys.